trade services, Lavazi and Book1.co.uk present the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who Podcast. Hello and welcome to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who Podcast, episode 584. I'm Adam and... Oh, God, I don't have any quotes in this program. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, and here's Debbie Melrose. Did you see the lights flicker? Kirby Bartlett Sloan. Are you my mummy? <laughs> you could have uh, done that. I don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with quotes. <laughs> Unless there's something really funny. There are a couple of, I think, as far as I remember, something, a couple of half-decent quotes in this, this particular episode. Oh, there's one a made whole laugh, bunch of But I can't quotes. remember which one it was. I, mean, I know there's one made me laugh. Um, right then, so this week is the uh, Mummy on the Orient Express. There's uh, a couple of our regular presenters who can't be bothered to show up for the episode. I mean, what, what, are what is the matter with people, Debbie, that don't often show up to do the show? Can you think uh. of anybody who might... <laughs> Be regularly not showing up to do the show. Can I just remind all listeners, uh, and new listeners, potentially, if we have them, that I've showed up for every single episode, even one that they attempted to hijack many years ago. I even showed up for that one. Reese tried to hijack the show. But anyway, we, uh, oh, I, I remember still, that. I still inputted my own bits to it. I've been on every single, all 584 and a bit episodes. So there we go. Um, uh, yes, I do need and, a round of applause. Can, thank you, you very much. Thank you. Thank you. What? In a visual display in my uh, spreadsheet. Joy. Oh, yeah. I'm still trying to get this to share on. It's not letting me do it. <laughs> Bloody thing. I'm trying to get this to share on the. Um, ah, I found it. Right, hang on. Uh, this makes great podcasting, but nevertheless, I'm going to do it anyway to share it on the uh, Isle of Wight Doctor Who. Uh, fans page bear with me a moment debbie i know you're very impatient to get going but we're going to uh just do this particular job what i have to do oh, what doctor no you get on with the job what you must do i am doing it uh, <laughs> now the computer's actually doing stuff a bit faster than it has been recently okay and also or, yeah, or the uh, hang on what i was me, saying earlier is we've had snow into web today as well so i thought you said um we've had snow in the web that's a very strange place to have snow ian kirk says ian kirk says adam could hear himself i can hear kirby and he is not here this week <laughs> <laughs> no i'm not i'm i'm ready he's on call yeah i'm on yes. call Right. I've got, I've got the stu- and unfortunately, uh, my on-call phone is this strange thing called an iPhone. It's, it, it's, it's weird. Who cares? He's got Mac technology. Mm, it's got a, it's got a switch on the side to turn off and on the uh, ringer, which yeah, you can do that with software. Okay. Yeah, the ringer's great though. But the fact you can turn it off and you know you flicked a switch, what's wrong with that? Uh, okay, well, this time, week we're going to be doing. I, oh, geez, we were going to. No, we're not going to be doing. Oh, we are going to be doing Mummy on the Orient Express, which begins eventually when my computer catches up with itself, <laughs> which is obviously not going to do. It actually won't even light up the little. Oh dear, what's going on here? Oh, it's because it started. I do apologise. It starts with um, this rather sort of unwell-looking person. 
creeping. Oh yeah, there's a little bit about um, Orient Expresses and a lovely shot of the the train, Master. which is rather cu- what. Uh, she was kind of uh, strange looking in uh, Curse of Henrik too. I'm talking about the mummy. No. Talking about the old. I'm talking about the mummy. Yes, okay, the old lady was in. I thought this one was called Mrs. Pitt. Yeah, Yeah, she is Mrs. Pitt here, but she's Mrs. Hardacre and was uh, taking care of the. The point I was trying to make a rather ill looking person is creeping their way through a carriage, but only the um, the old lady uh, can blatantly obviously see this person and they look rather like they need a doctor, to be fair. See, do you see what I did there? Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful costume? Thank what, you. What, the mummy? It's, the only mummy. A, it's only a jumper and a... The mummy is the highlight. This is my work uniform, friend, mummy. So. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so basically, to cut a long story short, eventually, after 66 seconds, um, the DeLorean uh, takes off and, and travels... No, that's 82. <laughs> no. um, anyway, yeah, so the... Uh, yeah, she gets done in. She gets deaded. By the mummy, and off goes this beautiful space train. So superb. I also love the way that well, after the title sequence, the, do- the doctor sort of. Because uh, Clara's still in a bit of a huff uh, with the doctor. Oh, but the, uh, one last oh, little it's journey. Been a and, a half. and he's really on. He's really uh, uh, turning on the, the charm to her. And she looks bloody gorgeous in this episode, it has to be said. Um, and yeah, so um, he's. Uh, going to impress her by taking her on the uh, Orient Express, a replica of the one of the famous um, Earth Orient Expresses, which is slightly wider, as the Doctor says, etc. etc. Um, and it's um, beautiful. Uh, and he sort of gives her a little bit of a tour. Obviously, there's murder things. Foxes is singing. Uh, haven't heard much from her since, uh, to be fair. Uh, no, not really. Rather... I was going to say, I, I was like, foxes? Well, ma- oh, yeah. Master? <laughs> Master. Yeah, sure. She she took four years uh, off where she didn't tour or record, and then she started recording again in 2020. Yeah. Um, she's cool. Keep up with these. And things. it's a great it's a great song that she's decided to sing uh, on this particular episode. Anyway, so uh, I'm going to cut another little bit of a long story short. Um, obviously the the old lady's died and her her companion's gone a bit um Maisie. relative of her, isn't granddaughter. She? Granddaughter. She's called Maisie in this. Amazing. Yes. Gone a bit, um, you know, stressed, shall we say, because uh, uh, her uh, grandmother, do you say? Yeah. Grandmother. Uh, died in front of her. Do you know who she reminds me of? The actress that plays Maisie, as you call her. She looks like um, Judy, uh, sorry, um, uh, Coleman. Uh, Olivia Coleman, for me, just a little bit in the face. Ah, yeah, I guess so. Um, but anyway... Uh, uh, so I'm going to cut a little bit of a longer story short a bit further still while the Doctor and that uh, and, uh, and what's her name? Clara uh, um, go into their rooms and the Doctor's continuing the, the charm uh, fest and I get a, a little buffering thing going around and around and around and around while I'm trying to actually <laughs> review this particular part of this episode. It's not making my life very easy. I did say the internet's running a little bit slow at the moment. See how I fill the gap with loads of words that don't necessarily mean anything, but uh, nevertheless... With uh, flannel. Flannel? How dare you? Flannel. Right, you fill it with flannel. No, I'm filling it with <laughs> words, but uh, uh, it's not playing. It's just stopped. I might have to do this off by heart. So, um, uh, yeah, there's a scene in which the Doctor's lying on on his back and he's sort of talking to himself a little bit. 
uh, while in his little cabin. I don't know what he's trying. Is he trying to work stuff out? I don't know. Um, and then yeah. c- uh, Clara phones Danny up. But he, uh, master, master. But he, the master, master. Also, it, when, he, when he has that little conversation with himself, he uh, sort of has a Tom Baker intonation to his voice. Ah, that's what I, I remembered from it. Thank you, Kirby. You actually get one of these for once. Notice how dim it was. I just yeah, really what, what, what I yeah. was having trouble with was uh, why did they stop doing the investigation and go and lay down? And where was this nightgown and uh, and dressing gown hidden that Clara seemed to suddenly be wearing? Um, science fiction fantasy fantasy TV train. <laughs> now I, I do happen to like that uh, nightgown and or pajamas. I like what I guess. what was potentially going to be wearing it. To be fair, she looks great in this episode. Anyway, so she phones up Danny, and I think Danny's sort of they have a bitch that, about the doctor, basically. Yeah, a bitch about the doctor, but he, he sort of uh, seems to have been well chilled out now, and knowing that all Clara's doing is uh, jaunting around the uh, the space and time universe, uh, and not he's not actually she, sorry, is not actually interested in the Doctor at all. Um, no, she's interested in becoming the Doctor. Yeah. Will you stop eventually. it? <laughs> will you stop it or I will set my dog onto you? Odie! I'm just asleep. So, no, um, Clara has got a nighty, unlike you say, and she starts it's to wonder... pyjamas! It's a nighty. Uh, yeah, I, like, I just said pyjamas. Uh, Starts wandering around the train at night, and the doctor meets. Uh, <laughs> the doctor meets up with that bloke from Fantasy Football League and from the, the Portrait Artist of the Year and Landscape Artist of the Year series <laughs> that Mary has already watched because he co-presents that. Uh, I won't seem to remember at the time got not the being over. From 1995's Pride and Prejudice as well in this. <laughs> mm. I, I, at the time, I wasn't overly impressed with Frank Skinner's performance. Actually, I, 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 re, I if I did, wasn't impressed with his performance, I've changed my mind. I think he's really good. No, at he's the, he is one of the best things about this episode. We we discussed it last time. I'm mm. pretty sure Kirby will tell us. Anyway, yeah, so you, you you weren't on Debbie, or were you? I thought I was. Let me check. Anyway, I I still. I've only seen Frank Skinner in this, and apparently he's in the Five-ish Doctors reboot. He's that a I big Doctor Who fan, and I met him at uh, uh, the Liverpool Comic Con. Sorry, I've never been to Liverpool Comic Con. Uh, London Film and Comic Con uh, <laughs> last year. Um, yeah, so uh, the Doctor's a bit baffled initially by this um, whole situation. Uh, and Clara um, decides to befriend this Maisie. Oh, yeah, woman. you were on it. Sorry. Oh, Jesus. Maisie, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so she befriends Nate Maisie. So they're on a little bit of a mission because they've sort of split up and they can still talk to each other. Isn't uh, Maisie um, one of the actresses from... Um, no, she isn't. I thought she might be one of the actresses from Call the Midwife, but it's just the hair. Thank you for that. Anyway, so the next bloke, the sort of posh bloke he speaks to in the next scene, uh, he, he's going to die in... Um, oh, no, sorry, no, it's the, it's the waiter, isn't it? The chef. The chef. The chef. Is, uh, Get, get, just about to get done in. He even locks himself another another room to try and escape. The logical thing to do, but unfortunately, what little does he know that the, the teleportation ability of the um, of this sort of mummy thing, and uh, yeah, he gets diddied um, in exactly the same t- amount of time as the previous person. Uh, even though none of the passengers, no no one in the story can see the little flip 
flip number countdown yeah, clock. Countdown. I like that. I, You're going to moan. I knew you'd moan about that. that. Kirby, science fiction fantasy yeah. TV show that is perfectly I entitled. I like it. So do I. So if I like it, it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks, does it? I, I also liked that, and you may, may have noticed that I used it as the picture for getting feedback. I, I like the fact that the doctor has a cigarette case with filled with jelly babies. Cool. I love this cigarette. It's a cigarillo case. Okay. Jelly baby. <laughs> Anyway, and uh, uh, Master, you completely missed that. Missed what? Ten years ago. Excuse missed me, I what? we discussed it last time. Well, we did discuss it, but we, uh, you and I told him oh, about, about what? The Jelly Baby. Well, congratulations, I missed it again. Anyway, um, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, right. So um, the Doctor and um, um, Frank Skinner are wandering around together, while Clara and Maisie are just sitting together. Uh, Clara's holding on to her phone and uh, just in case she can have another chat with Danny or, or the Doctor. So, to cut a long story short, I'm going to move it forward a bit here. Uh, well, the because... thing is, when Clara and Maisie are trying to break into the, um, you know, bus Buster's security system, it's like she's Clara's taking on the Doctor's role in that bit. <laughs> I don't know? give a That's tinker's like cuss. What, so what's the Doctor doing then? Is he not being the Doctor then, if, if Clara's taking on the Doctor role? How silly can you get? The Doctor is going around trying to solve stuff, waving around sonic screwdrivers, telling people what to do, and letting people die so he can uh, assist See, his... what um... I'm saying, Adam, before you go off on your usual rant... How dare you! <laughs> is that... The scenes that are being given to Clara where she's reassuring people and taking over and that is the doctor's scenes. Yes, but he's told her to do it. Oh, my God. No. Right. That's I, it. Oh, but I still object because it's not the companion show. It's the Doctor Who show. Was he not available for most of this one? You know, <laughs> well, how can he be in two places? I know he's a Time Lord and if he gets another one of his selves in the, involved in it, but he does not going to get himself as a companion, is he? He's got a companion as a companion, and he's got. A, he can't be yeah, in two but places. Yeah, he used to send his companion off to do something. The camera stayed with the Doctor. He's delegating. Anyway, moving on. Uh, right then, so uh, some, somebody else snuffs it. Uh, let's see who snuffs it next. Um, Someone. Yeah, one the of the. No, the chef's already gone. Um, uh, somebody else uh, snuffs it in in one of the uh, cabins. The doctor sort of more or less witnesses this, and he's starting to sort of try and work out why people are getting dead. Oh, it was one, one of the uh, train employees. Thank you for that, Kirby. Yes, that <laughs> that narrows it so, down. <laughs> yeah, it's virtually everybody on the... Like on one, the one of the is, guards. Yeah, one of the guards. Yes. Guards! Um, <laughs> so, uh, eventually, moving on a little bit further, um, they work out... Him and the, uh, There's a couple of scientists on there, aren't there? Work out that it's uh, some... People have got either uh, medical issues or mental health issues are being bumped off by said thingy. And yes. they, they've also yes. worked out the 66 seconds and one 66 second time period starts. And the posh bloke can see the 
Muffy and the, the, the mummy and the doctor knows he's going to die but yet he forces him to make in, uh, as many descriptions as possible about said mummy as as it's creeping towards him uh, and uh, he, initially he doesn't think he's going to die but uh, then he realises and, he, and he, he basically talks uh, commentates through the whole thing doctor's a little bit sort of flippant about the uh, the inevitable death he's not usually that flippant but I suppose he's just in flippant he, mode he's been written quite nasty in this one not, not well, very it, continue, it continues what he's been doing for the entire uh, series. I know. Remember the, remember the one uh, soldier in the inside the Dalek. Yeah. Uh, but uh, master, master, no. all of the passengers except for apparently the uh, the train guards and the uh, the cooks are scientists or. Yes, I know because it's all a. Uh, like a, a hologram train, mm-hmm. uh, as we find out. I noticed one of the scientists is made to look exactly like uh, Albert Einstein, which was quite funny. Um, right then, so moving a bit and further. None of still. them has speaking roles. None of the other scientists have speaking roles. Okay. <laughs> Observant scientists. So another one uh, person is, is um, allowed to to die. The bloke that was the main guard bloke who tries to shoot the mummy, uh, which had been tried earlier, as the doctor says, and obviously has to. Um, well, it gets done in again. And um, so I think eventually the Doctor decides he's going to be... Um, the he, victim. He, doesn't he? Yeah, he, so he, he sort of takes the emotions of Maisie out of her and puts them into himself. Uh, so as the mummy who initially starts attacking her starts attacking him. Yep. And during that attack, um, he realises that the, the mummy is a soldier. And so, did he sort of say something like "stand down" or something like that, or oh, "I surrender"? That's no, it. I remember. I surrender. I surrender. Uh, which uh, basically makes the soldier do a salute thingy, and uh, then that's the end of the the soldier. Well, the the mummy, mm. and um, the doctor did his doctory thing. Hey, Deb, not Clara. The doctor I solved know. the thing. It was <laughs> the doctor that solved the too. whole shebang. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, and then they get the base there, they sort of um, stop at a planet and, and, um, oh, no, Gus the, tries the, yeah, I think, all. sorry, Gus tries to kill them all, yeah, but he doesn't, he doesn't. The, the, the doctor saves them. Although, I remember when I first saw this, uh, and also during the uh, our discussion 10 years ago, I was thinking that the doctor, because he's lied so much in this story that he was also was lying about saving everyone else. Uh, but I found out later that they did actually happen to have Maisie on the beach with them during that scene, the, the beach filled with all the big rocks, uh, and they just cut it for time. Okay. But anyway, so the, up to this point... Obviously, obviously Perkins was uh, saved. Yes. Up to this we point, surrender. up to this point, um, uh, Clara was sort of more or less sort of building up for her sort of goodbye, uh, and then she has another conversation with Danny, and then realizes, no, no, I want to carry on traveling with the Doctor, please, thank you very much, and um, yeah, and of course Perkins sort of, I think the Doctor hints that Perkins comes along with them, but he's sort of not yes. impressed because he's got another series of uh, landscape apartheid of the year to do at this point. Uh, well, Perkins and, that is is like inspecting the TARDIS. I love that. Yes. <laughs> and, and, uh, he understands the TARDIS. And the John Tardis. Bakewell can't do it without him at this stage, but obviously since then uh, he's got she's had a, got another sidekick for the show. 
And that essentially is the story of of a mummy on the Orient Express. So, well, I'm going to tell you what I thought of it. I thought this was actually quite good. Um, yeah, I admit the Doctor's a bit moody, but I suppose even Time Lords are to be a little bit grumpy. Uh, and he is quite grumpy in this series. Um, uh, uh, yes, I know Clara has scenes to do with other characters within the story. But it's still the Doctor that solves everything and the, the hub of the action in this episode. And to be fair, uh, Jenna Coleman is, oh my God, hot. I mean, I burnt my blimmin' hands just touching the screen when when, when she was on it. She was absolutely gorgeous uh, in this episode. And uh, she just lights up the screen, doesn't she? I'm surprised she's not in Hollywood. She's that nice looking. Uh, and she's a really good actress. But anyway, that's a really, really... I mean, I, I, I seem to remember... always reminds me when I was a kid, we went to... You, you probably, you're too young to remember this, Kirby. But back in the, in the 70s, um, when you used to go what? to the cinema, you? You, you'd have two films to watch. You'd have the main feature... Uh, and you'd also have a, like a B feature to watch. Um, so you'd, you'd pay your money for the cinema and you could stay in there for about four or five hours watching films. And one of the, the um, I think one of the B features was uh, later on after it came out was Murder on the Orient Express, the, re- the original one with Albert Finney. And uh, then and then another film after that, and I can't remember what the other film, it might have been Star Wars or something like that, I don't know. Anyway, so um, it sort of reminded me like that because it was Murder on the Orient Express and uh, also the fact we've got this sort of train flying through space was very reminiscent of things like Enlightenment and uh, other, oh, the, you know, the Titanic episode where, where sort of things have been turned into other things that are now space things um but on the whole i thought it was it was quite a gripping story uh and it was very creepy that the actual mummy itself was incredibly good um it was a bit of a mystery as well as to why that they were sort of for singling signaling singling out these people and uh i quite liked the fact or how the doctor worked it out and and what the doctor did to save the day and i i thought it was um it was quite good. I'm sorry, Debbie. Okay? I liked it. <laughs> it's okay. What Master. did you think of it? Master, Poor I Clara. am older than you. I'm the oldest person on the podcast. Poor Clara. Oh, Jenna. Oh, She'll never come me. on the show. Nobody likes her apart from me. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> Master. No, it's Debbie's turn. Thank you, Kirby. No, I was just pointing out I'm the oldest person on yeah, the show. Yeah, I was ignoring it because it's not a, <laughs> it, it's not a and competition. Also, I I used to go to not only just double let it be his turn, Adam, for God's sake. Look, Kirby, there's no went... point mention about you being the oldest person on the show because that's never going to change. I also <laughs> in the '70s would not only go to double features. I'd go to drive-ins for the double features, and those double features happen to be science fiction double features. Science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Debbie. <sighs> it's still Debbie's turn. Yes, just... it's still Debbie's turn. <laughs> oh, rah, okay. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this better than last time. There you go, Adam. um, (laughs) I still think the mummy is outrageously cool Uh, that is one of the best monsters obviously Isla didn't watch this one with me (laughs) (laughs) she's quite um, 
It's odd. She's got a fear of puppets, but it kind of goes over to it's to costuming. Puppet. Yeah, it goes over to costuming as well, and it's like, oh. And are you my mummy? As soon as you say that as a quote, she runs out <laughs> down the road yeah. and off on the ferry. You know, she's terrified. <laughs> so yeah, it, it 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 was good to watch it again, definitely, because I wasn't sure if I'd ever really return to this as a series because I didn't enjoy it at all. This is when a lot of people zoned out of Doctor Who, unfortunately. Yes. You know, people I used to talk to a lot about Doctor Who just went, no, I'm not watching it anymore from about here. And uh, that was hard. That was very hard. Um, but, yeah, I do. I don't like how grumpy our Doctor has, has been written for this episode, especially. And uh, I don't I don't not like having Clara, but Clara is basically being quite flippant about being with the Doctor through this one. And it's like he's showing her, he could show her all of time and space and she's basically just mo moaning to Danny about it. <laughs> it's like, well, if you're feeling that ungrateful, get off the pot. You know, it's just, you know, but obviously the chat at the end and on the beach and, uh, yeah, so she decides she wants to travel with him some more. And I know we've got some cracking adventures coming up for these two. Horrible next, next week's episode was one of the best of this season. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. But I just find... My main, I know it's an odd thing to notice. It's like when um, Peter Capaldi and Frank Skinner are having their, their talk in Frank Skinner's character's um, car on the train. And I don't know if they're actually stopped then, but it definitely just looks like they've just gone down the shed in the garden. <laughs> and it, it does have, doesn't have a train vibe. It has a we're down the bottom of the garden in the shed. <laughs> throughout that whole chat the lighting and everything and it's like yeah it does not look like a train but yeah it's just odd little things that i was picking up on this time and the music again outstanding fox's version of uh, don't stop me now grew on me definitely i must say because i didn't appreciate it last time i'm a queen purist, really? you know well i'm a queen purist aren't i you know okay <laughs> But, um, yeah, just it's a good story. It's a solid Doctor Who episode, but I just feel that Clara seems so ungrateful through this and the Doctor just feels really flippant. And I just, yeah, it, it just tar tarnishes the episode for me the way that we've been building up to this. And I know what's coming as well. And it's like this this isn't the way to, to garner sympathy towards your characters if you're going to just write them so they they become a bit distasteful to the general fandom which is what happened with the failing obviously with um with seven because they wrote him obviously that he'd regenerated and come out a bit grumpy you know and that was that everyone was like oh no no we can't deal with that and here they are trying grumpy doctor again and it's just not working so yeah, he's allowed to be stroppy and all that, but permanently grumpy as he has been for the last last half a season. It, 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 you just want... He's what, not been permanently grumpy. He wasn't grumpy Nardle in Robot to Sherwood. You know, the, the writing with Nardle and Bill, obviously, apart from a certain episode we won't mention, um, they that is brilliant. That is just brilliant. But I just feel like they're almost treading water at the moment, building up to what's coming. But they're kind of locked in this. This is how the Doctor's going to be for a while. And he's he's supposed to be, he's a variable. He always has been, you know, he's he's the Doctor. So I've waited on long enough, making up for me not being on for quite a lot this year so far. 
but yeah, solid two and a half out of five for me on that one. Oh, okay, brilliant. Kirby, Asta. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> I absolutely loved watching this last night. Uh, it it I hadn't seen it in years, and I really need to watch it more often because it's one of my all-time favorites. It just has has such a great vibe to it. Uh, I love I love the costumes. I love the the settings. I've got very minor quibbles with the layout of the train, but yeah. it's a science fiction, fiction fantasy TV show. See, this is, it's because of Tabby. It's the second time we've watched it through properly, and now we're looking for quibbles. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, I, I, I saw the quibbles, but I wasn't, I'm not quibbling over the quibbles. Yeah. <laughs> that makes, makes sense. Quibbler! Uh, it's just, it's, it, it's really good, and since I know that the Doctor stops being such being such a grumpy puss he, I can put up with his weirdness of not caring for people and being grumpy mm. uh, I love the reference to his, all the past references jelly this, like <laughs> the, the jelly babies the uh, the fact that he's dressed sort of like the first doctor uh, the the Tom Baker voice, the the person from Curse of Fenric, uh, all those things. I love, love, love uh, the foxes. Foxes don't stop me now. I, yes, I'm a Queen fan too, but it's it's just beautiful. And I posted separately a separate uh, twenty. Yeah, thing the twenties vibe. On, on, I, I'm all for twenties vibes being added to stuff like post. Yeah. Box. Yeah, and I adore them. You know, I, I linked to to her uh, version of this. That apparently, the BBC also put out a version of the song same day that she did, and hers is just the scenes from the show instead of the BBC added extra bits from other shows, and uh, the BBC also changed the soundtrack slightly, uh, but. In the comments of that YouTube video of her, someone said that this is so very British. Foxes is English. It's a cover of a Queen song. It's Doctor Who, and the episode references Agatha Christie. So there you go. Well, thank you, Kirby. And, and uh, also, uh, let's see, Terry Miles has commented on that. Uh, saying beautiful song, beautiful singer, and Kirsty came on and said it's just glorious. Ah, good. Well, well, I'm can I make a little suggestion on your request for feedback, Kirby? As you've managed Not to gate crash the Isle of Wight Doctor Who fans page, <laughs> don't you think it might be a good idea to post that request on there as well? Okay. Yes, Master. Yes, I thought that might come up. Talking of feedback requests. Kirby is right ready now, like he always is, because yes, he knows am. he knows the format of the show so well to embark on his piece of the show. Where okay, you go, first, Kirby? first off, why uh, am I hearing myself? Don't know. Uh, Lillian says I'm not going to be able to watch the live feed this week as I have friends coming to town that I'm hanging out with, and then we will be at a Super Bowl party. Say yeah, hi to yes, Neil for me. Tonight, yes. See, it it's, comes it's, round. All, you know, it, it does come round very quickly. Super Bowl. We, we always mention. Normally, Mary mentions it, doesn't she? Um, 
we always mention it every single year. We, it seems to fall. Of course, we record on Sundays, and the Super Bowl's always. On well, Sunday. I'm I'm gonna ignore it because it's stupid football. <laughs> and uh, Ian oh, Kirk, geez. this is not his feedback. It's a great says, sport. Clara has set her phone to display a stick insect with a top hat when the doctor calls, and he's got a picture of it. And uh, Terry Miles says, I wish the foxes that play in the garden in the field next door sang as good as a fox's does in the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've, we've got foxes. Well, thanks, everyone, for your yeah. lack of enthusiasm uh, um, yeah, where's, for where's, putting uh, feedback on our show. So thank you very yeah. much, he said in a hugely sarcastic way. Um, yes, sorry about that, Kirby, but I, would, I do uh, suggest... Mr. Um, him, he should be coming on and saying... Clara is hot. All right, I did it for him. But um, as I was saying, uh, yeah, post it on the, the Isle of Wight Doctor Who fans page. I that's will. The yes, yes. Been off from this. Yes, your lordship. Yeah, well, just do it and stop moaning. <laughs> right then. Um, did Robert send anything through after uh, uh, yes. giving his, his uh, excuses uh, in his new book? The Robert Haynes Book of Excuses. It's not anything like the Book of Excuses what Reese Parton produced. It's definitely yeah, yes, a did. Book of Excuses. Uh, would you like me. me to read it? Yeah, please do. Uh, I'm going to skip his his thing about moving in 100 degrees plus yeah, that, Fahrenheit. Was that the excuse that he used this week? Well, that's the same excuse he yeah, used. Yes. <laughs> the, the excuse is... The excuse is it's two o'clock in the morning. He didn't use that excuse, Debbie. It's super Sorry. hot there, and he's uh, looking at renting a house that actually has air conditioning. That would be a good idea. Yeah. Then you'll be saying, okay. the reason I can't come on the show this week is because it's too I cold. So the air conditioning is interfering with my sinuses and makes me cough and sneeze all night. That, that sort of thing. Anyway, Debbie. Okay. Oh, sorry, Kirby. He said, as I watched Mummy on the Orient Express earlier in the season by mistake, series, I didn't watch it again, but I haven't changed my mind. I don't have all that much to say about the Mummy episode. I hate what they're doing with Capaldi's Doctor. Mm. They're doing their damnedest to make his character so unlikable. Clara's getting bossy in the romance. Nothing nothing really redeems the episode. I hate what they did with the Clara character, even the times when she goes off at Capaldi's Doctor. Way to go to further distance the Doctor and minimize his role in the stories. Not good. Oh, is that it? Oh, well, thank you. Uh, that moves on to the the, the uh, next uh, segment of feedback, so that we can sit back and enjoy the nunny experience. <laughs> I know well, good afternoon, twenty megabytes. Uh, and you're here, twelve fifty-one on Sunday afternoon. Um, just finished uh, my yeah. late breakfast of um, fruit and fibre with lemon yogurt. Very nice, and of course a little bit of chardonnay, just what's left from last night. So. Uh, <laughs> Just a little bit. Anyway, last night's episode, well, wasn't that good? I mean, I've been reading on Facebook how many people enjoyed it, and it really... Yeah, I thought it was a very, very good episode. Now, to me, it came across almost like a film noir. Tim Drury commented how darkly lit it was, if you can have such a thing as being darkly lit. But I thought that that was deliberate, and that worked very, very well. So it gave it almost a feel of, like, um, a a 1950s film. It's that sort of thing, isn't it? I mean, you you know... Guess everyone was just seeing Casablanca, but it's that sort of thing. And the mood lighting really helped build the atmosphere because it made it dark <clears throat> and it made it not depressing but um, okay. very heavy. Uh, it felt it, it oppressive. That's the word he used. Oppressive, which uh, felt helped 
build the mood of the piece completely. So I thought that worked really, really well. Now, uh, not quite sure what the computer was trying to achieve. I think, say, I watched this about midnight last night after I got back from the theatre. Um, I always do these having watched it once, you've got instant reactions, so I need to watch it again. But um, I thought the bit with the mummy, and you can understand how it's been taken out of phase when the Doctor works out it out, that was very clever. Because actually, you know, having an, a, an alien that only one person can see, and that person's got 66 seconds to go... It was very effective because it's the reactions of the other people make it work because they can't see it. They think this person's flipped, but it's only as you know you get into the second, third, fourth that um, people start to realise. I mean, the captain's comment, you know, how many did it take? It took three before he actually would do something about it. And then with him, then you know he's got it coming towards him, and at least he's there to describe it. Though he knows he's going to die, he's got enough about him to do it. I thought the way they they finish it off with the, the zombie. The mummy, beg your pardon, being being a soldier and going off, you know, you're off duty, dismissed. I thought it was very, very clever. I didn't see that coming. So I thought that was a very good piece. Um, I mean, the whole, the whole story itself, the setting, you know, setting it on the Orient Express, very good because that's that's clever. Because that's something that we can relate to now. I mean, people have already talked about, uh, you know, it's like the Titanic episode, isn't it, that we had. It's that sort of thing. Frank Skinner, no, it wasn't stunt casting. Um, he, he did play it very well, didn't he? obviously a fan who wanted to be in Doctor Who and you know it turns out he's actually looking into it himself and he knows something up as well the way he introduced himself to the Doctor I thought that really was good now uh, I talked about the lighting when you have the amazing Clara because what you've got they've got the bright red lipstick and that's something that does work in film noir where you have black but you have a very vivid colour it's almost scarlet and by golly was she sent some cleavage or what I mean she looked very nice indeed yeah I agree um so I just think this is an absolutely delightful story. It worked very well. With the, uh, episode, the people, you know, some of the people are actually just uh, holograms, and then suddenly in a lab itself, they've got to try and think it through. So again, I mean, this is a constant theme, and I've talked about it as well. It's a mental doctor, isn't it? Because he's, he's not a man of physical action, he's a man of mental action, and he will use his brain to get us out of this. And that's what a lot of these episodes have been about. They're about um, how does a doctor think his way out of a problem? And that's what you saw here. And of course we have the Danny Pink story. That's been that's moving on again. You know, it's uh, there was a lot of talking. It would be the last time we saw Clara. Would she go off with the, go go with Danny and that? Um, again, she's the first part-time companion. She comes and goes. She she is possibly the first Doctor who is a companion, but on her terms. Which is, I will come with you if you ask me. But I may I may decide I don't want to come with you. But I'm not you know I'm not moving into the TARDIS full time. So I think that's it's a very good relationship. It's a very good. Um, Oh, this, this, the, the dynamic, thank you, that's the word. I'm going good today, I don't think there's so many good words coming out there. But all in all, I think this is a cracking good episode. You had some great bits, you had throwback to the uh, Are You My Mummy. You had the, got the cigarette case out with jelly babies inside it, very good. Doctor's outfit, some people said that looks reminded them for John Pertwee from Inferno. So you had a lot of throwbacks to, to past doctors, you know, showing he is the, the summation of, of other people. He's not just one man by himself. So, whether it was anything that really didn't work about it, yeah, I, I really can't think of anything. It just, it worked well on many levels. I think that the later time show, the time slot is helping a lot. I mean, I don't know what time uh, our Australian or American uh, friends are seeing it, but hopefully at 8.30 means they can do a darker story and they can put more, they can go deeper, because you know, it's not aimed at children, it's aimed at families now, but the older family as well. So I think that that really does work. So yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Really good episode. One of the best this is. I don't know. I'm yeah, still think listening possibly one of the best from the caretaker. 
but certainly better than last week's. I did enjoy last week. But, um, so there you go. So um, anyway, uh, be seeing you. Uh, thank you, Andy. Yeah, That's Andy Master, Nunny. Master, 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 Master. Uh, either you played a 10-year-old uh, recording there, or he re-recorded from the same script, or he just sent in what he sent in 10 years ago, because that was pretty much identical to what I heard a few hours ago when listening to 10 years ago. Oh, well, thank you for that, Kirby. Um, right, did, so did, did you play that? No, Kirby, it was, a re- it was a new recording because he was at the theatre last night till midnight. Yes, anyway. He was looking after the Pride and Prejudice cast at, in Guildford. Right, steady on, Udi. Oh, but he also said exactly the same thing 10 years ago. He was at the theatre at midnight. Oh, okay. <laughs> that and that's that that that's was... not just a coincidence. That's freaky deaky. <laughs> so... <laughs> so anyway, um... oh, Debbie, yes, you've got. Um... I have indeed. Yes. <clears throat> Once again, in this universe, you can hear sounds out in the vacuum of space. This one is going to be Clara's last trip. People dying in a strange way. Just the thing for the Doctor. Love the way the Doctor and Perkins introduce themselves to each other. Perkins, Chief Engineer, the Doctor, Nosy Barker. <laughs> Mrs. Pitt, Janet, Janet Henfrey, was killed by their Hemaville girls in Curse of Benrick. Yes. We've seen that Professor Morehouse before as Hugh in The King's Demons. This saloon car is all a holodeck, but is the laboratory also a holodeck? Oh dear, he had to say it, didn't he? Hello, I'm so pleased to finally see you. I'm the Doctor and I will be your victim this evening. Are you my mummy? A few other quotes we liked. Shut up and give me some planets. I could do with an extra pillow and I'm very disappointed with your breakfast bar and all the dying. (laughs) Can we get a new expert? Again with the soldier thing. What is it that Stephen Moffat has against soldiers? Why, oh why, didn't Perkins join the Doctor? Frank Skinner would have made a great companion with all his one-liners and asides. We enjoyed this one. Could have been a little bit longer. Maybe another death, as it was wound up a bit too quickly. Next up, 2D World. No, sorry, Flatline, Linda and Terry. By the same author as this one. Thank you, Matt. Good boy. Sorry. I don't Um, like this one so much. I love next week's one. It's weird. I actually like uh, this one better than next week's, but we'll talk about that next week. Exactly. <laughs> right then, Ian Kirk says on the live feed, uh, it is not Maisie's mummy. She is her grandmother, but makes her yes. call her mother. We talked about I that earlier. I said that. Okay. Well, we obviously didn't because he corrected us. But I did. Go back and Excellent stuff. Do you remember back in the day we used to have a listener called Alan Butcher who used to used to come to FancyCon and everything and he used to give these excellent bits of he's feedback. He's a busy gentleman. And now he's just like all of our co-presenters. He can't be bothered. But somebody I did. I can. did contact him about six months ago. And he Hello, 20 Megabyte Podcast. This is Ian Kirk. Hello, Ian. Is it? Hello, Ian. Mummy on the Orient Express by Jamie Matheson. On the bright side, I'm sure you've all collected a lot of data. Writer Jamie Matheson used to be a comedian, so it might have been his idea to invite comedian Frank Skinner to appear in no, this story. <laughs> he also wrote a 2009 film called... 
frequently asked questions about time travel, which I have oh, on oh, DVD, I and I recommend it. He wrote next week's story, Frontline, and later, The Girl Who Dies, which introduces the Viking girl, Ashula. Clara is saying this is her last trip, while the band plays Don't Stop Me Now. This is only a replica steam train. It is pulled by a tank engine. Those have limited range, because the locomotive has no tender and carries its own coal and water so it is not suited for an express train. So. Most of the extras have no lines, even though they are on a train. Ah. Last week, Clara was railing against the doc's attitude, but this week she is on board with it and seems well trained. <laughs> oh, the twelfth doctor gets to ask, Are you my mummy? At the end, Perkins, the engineer, refuses to join the TARDIS team because he has ideas Brody. above his station. Brody. No one goes to the promised land this time. <laughs> Missy, what was the Southampton score? Uh, that would be 5-3. beat Huddersfield Town 5-3 to three yesterday. Yes. Bye for now. More or less what I said. Thank you, uh, master, master, Ian. A uh, couple, couple of things there. Uh, first of all, Jamie Matheson is interviewed in the making of mm. uh, video that they put out with this and he said that he when he found out that frank skinner was going to be in this he added jokes Ah. but he did not invite frank skinner uh also uh i agree with ian uh frequently asked questions about uh time travel is wonderful and it's uh stars chris o'dowd from uh, the it crowd oh yes Okay, well, thank you very much. Right then, so because uh, Kirby made me forget it last week, we're going to do <laughs> Doctor Who news. Yeah, I, I deliberately made you forget it. I think I do. We don't. I think we've done everything, haven't we? Um, and no, it wasn't uh, provide. I wasn't provided me with the, uh, with the correct answer. Right, I, I nearly clicked on "Do not consent." Doctor Who news this week. I'm going to go back a bit now because is that we who that code at UK? What Doctor Who news? <laughs> I just had to say it because I didn't say it last time. I don't have to. (laughs) Right. Doctor Who magazine has reached issue 600. We're not that far off 600 ourselves. So soon we'll be overtaking Doctor Who magazine in the amount of uh, um, uh, free content. Of course, Doctor Who magazine isn't free, but we do free content. Um... And in a few weeks on. Anyway, right, so Doctor Who magazine marks its 600th issue this month with a celebratory issue, which includes a 16-page supplement, an exclusive art card, a specially commissioned diorama featuring figures from the recent series and a four-hour-long Sixth Doctor audio drama for every reader. Ooh. I think I might have to purchase that from yeah. whoone.co.uk, uh, which is um, a good place to get to the Doctor Who magazine if you can't get it at your local um, retailer. Doctor Who magazine issue 600 is on sale on the 1st of February. That means it's on sale uh, from Panini and WH Smith price 10.99. Also available at digital. Ed- also available is a digital edition from pocketmags.com plus 9.99. It's worth getting just to have the the, the uh, audio drama. I would imagine everybody. So I might have to source that from somewhere. 
I will say, of course, anybody looking forward to our 600th episode, there won't be any audio dramas or any such thing coming with it. It'll be luckily, you'll be very lucky to get me for free on the episode. There we go. <laughs> um, the other bit of news, sad news, a friend of Fantasy Con and uh, Doctor Who legend Michael Jaston has passed away at the age of 88. Oh, yeah. Very good friend of Tom Melrose, I believe, who spent yes, a considerable yes. amount of time nipping out for cigarettes with him at <laughs> Fantasy Con. Um, yeah, so Michael, uh, what a character, isn't he? I, mean, I, I did post the video of his interview with Paul Wilson at Fantasy Con. Um, yes. On yeah, that was both. That was a shocker that when when you posted that. I first saw it on on our page before what, I saw it what, everywhere the else. I no, saw it on one of the Doctor Who news forums on Facebook, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, he <laughs> had actually announced an appearance at a, a Only Fools and Horses convention over the water. Um, so he was going to be he was on his way to not today, obviously, but he was he was lined up to be. So he's still planning to do things, basically. So, like you say, it was a bit of a shocker. But anyway, I'll, be, I'll read a bit of the blurb. Um, actor Michael Jaston has died at the age of 88. Michael Jaston is best known to Doctor Who fans for playing the Valyard in... Wasn't it Brickyard or Knackershire? No, it's Valyard. <laughs> it? In all 14 episodes of the 23rd season of The Trial of a Time Lord, the script describes the character as an amalgamation of the Doctor's darker size between his 12th and final incarnations. So that's a long way, because he's not going to have a final incarnation for a while. A, um, um, what's his name again? Chris Chibnall. Um, Jason played the character opposite the Sixth Doctor, as played by Colin Baker in the series that aired in the autumn of 1986. He later re recreated the character for many big Finnish audios. Colin Baker today Brilliant. paid tribute to his old colleague. My dear, dear friend, Michael Jaston, has left us today. I am absolutely devastated. He was warm, witty, clever, naughty, yeah. and had a, and, and a very fine actor and wonderful man. My thoughts and love go to his wife, Anne, and daughter, Katie. Heartbroken. Goodbye, my friend. Michael Jaston was born in the town of West Bridgeford in the English Midlands. He trained as an accountant before switching careers and enrolling in the Guildhall School of Music and Drama. One of his best-known movie appearances was as Tsar Nicholas II in the film Nicholas and Alexander, a film that <laughs> yes. featured an unknown Tom Baker as the monk Rasputin, a role that helped Baker to win the role of the Doctor. remember that film. It was quite good, actually. It's very harrowing Yes, it as is well. good. Um, he was a familiar face on television throughout the 19th, uh, for the last 60 years. <laughs> Sorry, I read that wrong. Last 60 years. His first appearance was in 1962 in the series Sur Suspense. By 1970, he was taking leading roles, playing Macbeth alongside Barbara Lee Hunt. He played Mr. Rochester in the 1973 version of Jane Eyre and Peter Gwillem in the acclaimed 1979 version of the spy novel Tinker's Tailor, Soldier Spy. In 1975, he headed the cast of a detective series playing the title character Quiller. He has appeared in a number of long-running series, including Coronation Street, EastEnders, Only Fools and Horses, The Bill, Heartbeat, Casualty and Midsummer Murders. I think every British actress appeared in Midsummer's Murders, actually. I wonder, I'll have to, I'll have to see if Valila's uh, appeared in it. Michael Jaston's death was announced earlier today. A statement on behalf of his family said, Michael Jaston sadly passed away this morning after a short illness. Those who knew Michael will know he was full of love, laughs and happiness. 
he adored meeting his fans all over the world. Now, our memories of Michael at Fantasy Con were... Um, he did get up for a lot of cigarette breaks, which had an ongoing effect of annoying Debbie. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing was, which was his agent's fault, he um, he turned up at the event without anything to sign because apparently his agent, without telling me, had emailed me some pictures to print off for him to sign. Um, this I had to do for the first two hours of the event. And, yes. Um, mm. And all, <laughs> he kept on growling about his agent <laughs> for the whole thing blaming him which i suppose is good he didn't blame me um but yeah he was uh like it says about him being fun um reese uh you know who, who worked for fancy con 3 he he um was one of the people that bought photo ops at the event and i was a photographer at my own event and um he was quite happy to pander to Reese's, not quite happy about the, the angle of his uh, one part of his costume. Uh, and he wanted um, sort of Michael to do this sort of evil look into his eyes and stuff like that. Yes, so yeah. so he had to reshoot the, the, the shot that any at any other convention would not happen without having to pay for it. But uh, he... Um, he was so sort of uh, happy to go along with that. Um, I, I took a couple of test shots, and I'm particularly pleased with one of the test shots where he looks like he's slightly scared and sort of alarmed about something, which uh, I, I think sort of sums up his sort of quite fun personality he had. And what did Tom make of him, Debbie? Oh, I loved him. He, he Tom was Tom was quite surprised about how often he did want to go out for fun, <laughs> yes. even though even though Tom is a smoker, you know, it was a bit much. But um, yeah, he was he was a true gent, and uh, he he regaled Tom with stories and listened to Tom as well. Tom's got loads of stories about being at sea for years and things like that, and they mm. seem to get on like a house fire. I can see so, why yeah. why Colin loved Colin Good Baker loves him yeah. so much because he's a massive cricket fan. He was banging on about cricket for all the time I was chatting to him. I did and an he, interview. Yeah, from... he was he was such a gent, and he came mm. over to talk to me a few times when Tom had told him, "Oh, Deb's quite a fan," <laughs> so he turned on the charm every time he went by. The, doctor, the 20 megabyte table. Hmm. It's like, hello, Debbie, every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, anybody would do that, Debbie. Yes, hello, Valiard. <laughs> yeah. And of course, there's that, that sad story, Debbie, isn't it, about the, your signed photo, which uh, got. Um, You've still got, yeah. Got, oh, you still <laughs> got it, even though it's a bit uh, sort of yeah. brain damaged. Yes, couldn't believe I'm glad that. you still got that. But oh, I have yeah. I have got another one here for you that doesn't say Debbie. I know, I've still got FantasyCon t-shirts sat right there on a the shelf. Oh. <laughs> Looking at me going, you're supposed to give them back. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, well, hopefully you might decide to do another one one day. Well, next, this year's good. Oh, there we go. There's a, there's the, uh, you can't get out of it now moment, right? Because <laughs> anyway. I've already got a t-shirt. <laughs> um but yeah, so obviously he was left with loads of pictures at the end of the event and uh, signed um, as many as he could. And I, I still got them filed in an envelope somewhere. Uh, I'd like to find them. I know they're in here somewhere because I keep sort of occasionally coming across them. And oh, there's those Michael Jason pictures. Unfortunately, those those sort of pens that these artists sign, the the ink if it's one of those shiny metallic things, the ink doesn't stay on them if they're in the pile. It, it just gets removed and stuff. But never mind, it is what it is, isn't it? Um, what else can we say about Michael Jaston? Uh, Kirby, I know you met him on a number of occasions. What did you think? No, of I've it? never met him. I know, I'm being facetious. Oh, is that it? Have you not got any uh, anything to, to say about Michael? No? I, no? What did I, you think of him as the Valiard? I thought he was great as the Valiard. The, the 
boatyard. Yeah, it's Sagasta too. Yeah, that's good. So, so they did obviously they did bounce off each other quite brilliantly, didn't they? And that throughout the whole of uh, Trial of the Time Lord, it was a it was a, a joy to watch those court scenes and them two sort of uh, sniping at each other. Um, mm-hmm. I think in some ways that's what made um, the Trial of the Time Lord the, the Valyard scenes. Um, and of course, he had his big episodes at the end, didn't he, when he was pretending to be other people <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so it's a sad loss for Doctor Who and a, a sad loss for us as as, as Fantasy Con organisers. Um, but uh, we're so pleased we had the opportunity to have him on the Isle of Wight. Right. So um, also, if you want to, still hoping uh, that we will eventually have uh, the Valyard show up in. In canon again. Well, not played by Michael, unfortunately. I know, but... Yeah. And his voice was <laughs> phenomenal. That, that voice. <laughs> Very funny. Um, the other thing, if anybody wants to listen to... There's a couple of interviews with Michael, Jason, that, uh, that, that is attached to to the convention and to, to the 20 Megabyte podcast. The, the uh, video interview with... Uh, um, with Paul Wilson is available on, on our YouTube channel, and also I did post it on the 20 Megabyte Dot Two podcast Facebook group. You can join and the Isle of Wight Dot Two fans page. There's also the the interview I did with him, which is on the the, the Fantasy Con Two episode of this show. Uh, Kirby will now spend the last half an hour next. Well, it won't be half an hour. The next few minutes trying to find out which episode was Fantasy Con <laughs> Two, just to keep him no, quiet for a bit, so we move on to the next. Well, section. I can tell you show. that. Just give me a uh, second here. Well, okay. I think it's going to take longer than a second, isn't it? Um, <laughs> there we go. I proved my point. It did take longer okay, than a second. Your, which, which Fantasy Con? What two, year? Fantasy Con Two, 2022. Uh, that would be number 545. 545, the Michael Jason interview, as done by myself. In fact, I'd like yeah, to listen to that. Let me see if myself. I said that in, in there. Uh, yes, I did. I have Gareth David Lloyd, Simon Fisher-Becker, uh, Joseph Milson, Clem So, Michael Jason, Carla Mendonca. yes. Mendonza. Yeah, Aaron She's Danvers nice Jukes and Clive Mantle. And those are all listed in the episode listing. Uh, thank you, Kirby. Right, that concludes that part. Of the I, I'm obsessive over lists, in case you hadn't noticed. You what? I'm obsessive over lists. Oh, okay. Well, well thank you for that. It, it, it's, it's part of being on the spectrum. Okay, that's fine. You're quite welcome to be on the spectrum. Uh, unfortunately, the autism, um, uh, for people who are spectrum. not on the... I know what the bloody spectrum... On, um, unfortunately, for people who are not on the spectrum, uh, if you're on the spectrum, you're most likely to be quite talented on with some capacity uh, and um that means that kirby you are obviously talented somewhere along the line aren't you somewhere <laughs> along the line so flattering <laughs> 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 damned yeah. with faint praise <laughs> yes, we can't all can't all be talented can we uh, right, so th- th- we're going to do a thing that we do on this show quite regularly, and I have mentioned whoone.co.uk, and I will mention Lavazi because um, uh, we mentioned earlier on, didn't we, a-, a few weeks ago, that Sylvester McCoy is coming to Fantasy Con, and Yay. I am promoting buying the iconic question mark pullovers, which are now new Who canon, because obviously Sylvester wore it in Jodie's last episode. And so did Jodie, in fact. 
So get that question mark jumper. I'd get it myself. I've had two of them, but I keep wearing them out. So I think there's no point in buying another one unless I buy one and get Sylvester to sign it and then frame it. That might be an option. That'd be a good idea. That way you'd get to keep it. Yeah. But where would I hang it? Because I've got a a Matthew Letizier thing here, which I've got nowhere to... My walls are full of cracks and stuff. Um, Yeah. What was I talking about? I've lost the plot. I was talking about Sylvester McCoy. Uh, Any news about Fancy Con? Well, we've got a couple of people. We'll speak about one person, Kobe. You're an expert on Star Trek, aren't you? I love Star Trek. Not an expert, no. Right. Shall we go back and that take two? We'll take two. Okay, right there. Kirby, you're an expert on Star Trek, aren't you? As you wish. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. Right. Take three. Kirby, you're an expert on Star Trek, aren't you? Sure. Hey, that's better. Got there in the end. So what we're going to talk about is a series of Star Trek, which was very close to my heart it's called star trek the next generation it uh, featured uh, an actor yes, that called I know. patrick stewart oh we've got him cool <laughs> <laughs> oh, very funny <laughs> um uh, no we haven't got patrick stewart um although i'd love to be in this situation but i don't think he'd come anyway not unless we had uh, we did it in yorkshire or something like that i think he'd probably turn up to a convention in yorkshire uh, so he could re- re- you know, revisit family and stuff. Um, well, I'm trying to find the, the episode title because I'm seeing if I'm going to test uh, Kirby's knowledge to see if he actually remembers it. Uh, uh, all right. Do you remember an episode called Up the Long Ladder? It's a Star Trek episode. Uh, I remember the title. Okay. Well, they're not Up the Long Ladder. As far as I can remember rightly, the Enterprise crew... Uh, rescue a an irish sort of uh what do you call it um settlers irish settlers settlers uh from a (laughs) oh yes i remember that one Uh, and there's this extremely beautiful woman that um uh number one as in played by jonathan frakes you mean Riker? yeah gets the hots for and he describes her as woman basically (laughs) He's the uh, resident Kirk of this one. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's an act that's the actress that plays this character. Rosalind Landor. Called... What? Rosalind Landor? Yes. She's coming well, yes, yeah, she's she's actually said yes. So she's coming to Fantasy Con four. Um I, I was quite keen one to get her because she's from judging by the picture, she's still quite nice looking. And two, she oh, was in the series called Rumble. Cat's Eyes. Cool. She's in loads of yeah, she's been loads of stuff. Not in much, not much anymore. She does more voice work for 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 game um, franchises and stuff, which is quite good for if you're interested in game franchises. Because Craig Fairbrass was also a, a voice actor for games um, stuff and whatnot. Yes, she's a voice actor for some of my favourite. Games like you know, she she does Dirge of Cerberus, which is one of my favourite Final Fantasy games. Yeah. Ooh, that's but the other exciting. thing you can say about her, she uh, in in the up the long ladder, she plays a character that is supposed to sort of ooze with you know a charisma and this sort of attraction that men can't resist. She does that so well in the episode. I remember before them being in Cat's Eyes, and she's got this very deep sort of voice and uh, um, and Cat's Eyes was made in Southampton actually uh, with uh, when it was. Uh, you know, on telly and stuff, so she was in that first. So she's she, she a face. Uh, Adam, she was the kid in the Amazing Mr. Blunden. I know, but she's got girl. a very, she's got a very sort of, for me personally, a very memorable face. So as a Star Trek fan, um, 
as soon as I saw her face, I recognised her. I just felt that she may have been in more episodes, but no, she was only in the one. But um, the fact she's been in Star Trek, she was a, a main character in the episode that she was in. She can talk about what it's like to work with Gene Roddenberry, for goodness sake, because it was series two or series one. Yeah, series two, wasn't it? Um, so, uh, and having worked with Jonathan Frakes, Patrick Strout, LeVar Burton, all the, the cast of, uh, of Next Gen when uh, it was a very successful reboot of Star Trek. So we finally have a Star Trek actor uh, who has Yay. done some other good stuff as well. So, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Rosalind Lander is coming to FancyCon 4. Cool. Uh, she was Sorry to disappoint everyone. Master. Hmm. Yes. She was in four episodes of Rumpole, and she was also in the uh, Jeremy Brett, uh, Sherlock Holmes, in the Speckle Band. Oh, Thank cool. You for that. that's which, a... which I, I, I walked into the sunroom a couple of weeks ago, uh, and my wife was watching that particular episode. Well, blimey, what a coinky dink. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Jer- Jeremy Brett, I, I know that... Uh, uh, Cumberbatch is an excellent Sherlock, but no, Sherlock Jeremy Brett is the, is Jeremy the Brett perfect is the best one. Yes, yeah, Jeremy Brett is brilliant. He's my favourite Sherlock. On the live feed, Lillian Robin says hi. Oh, just saying hi. Where's Neil? Uh, well, yeah, I'll tell you where uh, where Neil is, Lillian. As you couldn't be bothered to be on the show, and now you are. Neil didn't bother coming on either. And <laughs> then um, she says, "See you next week." Oh, okay. Bye then. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what we watched this week, everyone. We should have a theme tune for this segment of the show, shouldn't we? Yeah, well, come um, up with one. Pardon? Come up with one. I'll get Ben back on the show. He'll do one for us. Um, right, so what I watched this week, mainly bloody Love Island, unfortunately. I just watch it to to get annoyed and sort of just cringe. It's not very good, but unfortunately, sometimes we watch stuff that's not very good. I'm very um, proud to say I've never seen an episode good of Good girl. Uh, <laughs> The um that uh, the great British build off uh, uh, archaeology off what's it called with uh, Dr Alice Roberts um oh, the great British pardon digging for Britain yeah, I've been watching that it's fab the finds they've got that, in this series yeah. are ridiculous there's it they found this little round Roman almost like a fidget spinner thing oh wasn't that gorgeous oh my god I mean that, yeah. there's they've been some amazing finds in this series so far I've only watched five episodes but it's just been absolutely beautiful to watch uh finish watching australian lego masters which again fantastic show if you want if you don't like lego you might not like it but it's it's just really really good and i've just started watching new zealand lego masters and the, the new series of new these new zealand lego masters is going out on channel four and e4 i think um, is there this a week. difference between the the various series of lego masters or they the format is very accents. similar they have the form- different accents yeah. Oh God! The only thing I know about the New Zealand one, their their accent is or accent, I suppose they'd probably say their accent is bloody annoying. The way they pronounce words. I mean, Kirsty uh, might hear. I don't yeah, care. I, is I she? Like Kiwi yeah, I think she'd probably say they're annoying as well. It's like um. No, she wouldn't. A's become E's and E's become. Oh God! It's all over the place. If you, I mean, if you want to, it's a um. You went into New Zealand or, or or somewhere like that, and went into McDonald's, and and they said, "I'd like some chicken. Uh, can I have some chicken McNuggets, please?" And they say, "How many do you want?" And they say, "I want six, please." You know, because they can't <laughs> say six; it becomes sex. You know what I mean? It's just 
oh god anyway but you have to get used to the annoying accent uh, and enjoy the the talent of the the lego builders Kiwi with accent. it the, the, the Kiwi accent is very accent. different to the australian accent. accent australian yeah. that's right about this I, yeah, you've got australia but then you've got the kiwi accent it's, the kiwi accent. The it's almost as annoying yeah. in the as the south the south african accent that's a oh i love the african someone some of my friends are from from <laughs> south africa and they are oh, it's great when they just but get it's not the most neither of them the most annoying accents of all because i know the nobody from Liverpool would listen to this show that the Scouse accent um, I always feel that if I talk to somebody who's Scouse I, I have right. to I have to put my hand over my glasses to make sure that the because they go <laughs> all the time and just get covered in phlegm or whatnot they spit out while they're talking anyway um, so back to Lego Masters yeah so Kirby um, the format of the American Lego Masters the Australian one and the New Zealand one is very similar um, the uh, the American one has got a slight more sort of sort of degree of um, exuberance and extra sort of theatre about it. Bear in mind the bloke who presents it is also the voice of uh, the Lego Batman in the Lego movies. Um, uh, but what it has that favours it personally above all the other versions of it, they have Amy Crosby, who's a, a Lego engineer for, uh, who's actually Scottish and she's gorgeous. Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, she's gorgeous, uh, and it's just watch it just to see her being gorgeous. Um, the um, Australian one doesn't have any nice-looking judges on it, but they do have a chap called Brickman who um, cries every every time somebody gets kicked off the show, and he actually is the one that's kicking them off the show. He, he sort of chooses which one gets. But he cries every time. Yeah, he, he loves Lego and he loves uh, the efforts that people put into it. Um, it gets emotional. He's very passionate. He's a professional. It's, 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 it's his job to do Lego. Um, but uh, yeah, it's quite that's the sort of thing. I haven't quite gauged um, what the uh, New Zealand one has yet, uh, whether it's better or worse. But uh, what I will say about the Australian one is they go out of studio to really test the builders to do sort of things in the open air and stuff, which is quite good. But uh, and I haven't watched the British one yet because um, from what I've seen of the um, the little screenshots you get, it, it seems a bit sort of childish. Um, but I, I will eventually watch it. Uh, right, so Lego well, Masters, obviously. Like I can watch I can watch the American version on Hulu hmm. and uh, 2B. I can watch the British version on 2B. I can watch the Australian version on 2B. Yeah, watch them. They're great. A really entertaining show. It doesn't sound like it will be. They are very entertaining. Makes you want to build Lego. So, but I'll be, I will warn you. Um, the other thing is BritBox is closing down. So apparently April has been given the, as the, uh, the, the the end of date for BritBox. So anybody who has that, I personally, I what don't are you have talking it. But about? I know it's a really good service, but it's being closed down. Um, what? You know, what am I talking about? Explain. BritBox is quite clearly says. What it is, it is what it is on the tin. ITV announced, have announced that the BritBox service is being shut down uh, and will end in April. You might want to Google that, but uh, it did come up somewhere on Facebook. Um, so that's being shut down. Um, that's not what I watched this week. I'm just that I just remembered it because I meant to mention it earlier on. Um, what else have been watching? Uh, some of the crime stuff on uh, Disney, uh, Discovery Plus. Um, it's the one where they've, they, it's a bit like a CCTV, murder on CCTV. But Okay, they, I'm not losing it. my BritBox. It's okay. just UK. 
Oh, well, that's all right then, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Traitor's finished, isn't it? So I, I talked about that last week. But uh, we haven't started watching the um, Australian one yet. That's coming up soon. Um, well, is that one with traders instead of traders? Yeah, traders. Yeah, it's traders. Okay, because <laughs> Australians can't speak properly either. Uh, traders. Yeah. Um, what else have we been watching? Oh, uh, Mars Singer. The cut's coming to an end soon. That was quite good. Uh, I haven't seen anything at the cinema this week. We're meant to go, but just run out of time on Saturday to oh, it was yesterday sort of to to indulge in a film we actually wanted to go and watch. Um, and if I think of anything else I've watched this week, really uh, sort of jumps to the surface. I'll butt in on someone else's uh, uh, conversation. Of course you will. So I will. Yeah. <laughs> Debbie, 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 what have you been watching this week? Debbie, Debbie, Debbie. Me, mostly. I'm I'm avidly waiting for every new episode of the Great British Menu because it comes out on a Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Thursday, that's and not this one year of they're doing um. Uh, a feast in Paris for the Olympics. And uh, so everything has to be, all the meals and servings have to be Olympic themed. And uh, it, it, every year I look forward to this. I just think it's, it, it's addictive watching them. You know, these professional chefs at the top of their game from each area of England um, competing with each other. And the quality and the techniques and things. Just I love cooking shows. I'm a I big don't fan. Love I, cooking I shows. go around and see my friend Julie on a Sunday morning. <laughs> And we watch Saturday Kitchen Best Bites. It's quite a tradition. And all we're doing is watching cooking shows and criticising them. <laughs> I like doing that. But, yeah, I've been watching Digging for Britain as well. Absolutely love that. Um, can't fault that programme. Uh, the history it's is just brilliant. Can't get the only on. thing I get from it, Debbie, now you're talking about it, is that they've obviously bought themselves a, a new drone. Because all we yes. get is Alice, Alice Roberts gushing about quite rightly so about the, some of the uh, the digs that are going on in the series but lots and lots of shots of war, her walking along sort of coastal paths it looks like the uh, in the sunshine and sort of where are you walking Alice careful there's a cliff there oh my goodness you know but anyway carry on okay I've also found on iPlayer the Amityville and origin story which is basically shedding new light on the Amityville horror the fact different... that it's entirely made up yeah, and, and just the different perspectives of people who were there at the time, who investigated, all that. I love that. I love, I love the, the I love original murder where, where that guy, where that guy killed well, his family did yeah. occur, but the whole other stuff is yeah, completely the, made up. Yeah, the Defoe murders were definitely yeah. right. But yeah, I, I love like Say Uncanny as well. I like, I, I'm so interested in ghost stories. I have my own ghost stories. I, I am a believer, but I'm also very firmly in the skeptic kank. kank. I'm, in the kank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, very firmly in the skeptic camp, camp as well. And he said it again. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's. Uh, it, 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 I love investigative um, documentaries, especially when they're um, about about um, the weird and wonderful. Absolutely love those. Also, I've been watching um, Inside the Factory again because I love when a new series of that turns up where you get to see things being made. I quite like the bath bomb one. That was great at the Lush things. I've also found a couple of new murder documentaries on Netflix just to keep me busy, you know. And mm-hmm. um, there's been there's been quite a good um, a few of them. I tried an episode of Ancient Apocalypse, but I did not enjoy him. <laughs> yeah, because you've been talking it. about it, and I was like, no, I don't like conspiracy you, you, you put, like you put me so I, I have watched it, but I, and it is intriguing, but you, you've put me off it by being, um, yeah. Yeah, and then I've, I've caught up with The Crown, and I've also been ah. 
through a program called MH370, the plane that disappeared. And that oh, is yeah. really, really interesting. That's okay. on Netflix. That is, I'm on only on episode two, and it's harrowing, but yeah. absolutely fascinating. So, yeah, I, mean, yeah, it's, I, it's we, I enjoy watching a series called Aircraft Investigator. And apparently, series 22 has been out, and I haven't watched it yet. So, um, I, that might be on Disney Plus if you, if you can't find it on your usual. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and also, I've watched 1899 again this week because I love that. I think that was oh, one. the murder thing. Hmm? That murder thing I've been telling you about. You know, the Victorian Murders program. That's quite yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, that's on telly at the moment. I, I, I talk about it every week, but uh, have you seen that one? No, I haven't seen that one yet, but I have got it on my to watch. Yeah, good. Watch it. It's good. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I've been watching 1899 again. That was just brilliant sci-fi. I love that. Yeah. And it's a shame they they didn't get another series because that would have gone on to bit to weird and wonderful things in space. And yeah, would have liked that. But yeah, that's me. Yeah, good. I'm I'm just loading up ITVX because uh, there was something else and I watched. Various podcasts and things as well. <laughs> oh, you watch podcasts. I listen to podcasts, though, but, you know. I've not slept very well. Isla's been up till 7 o'clock most oh. nights the last month. 7 o'clock? In, in the, the morning, mor- yeah. Up all night? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, Mother Tone is not working. Uh, up. So, yeah, it's been a been a long month. Yeah. Oh, Hence well, why my, we've been ill a lot and not on. And things my, like my sympathies. Uh, I'm just seeing uh, if I can find But we'll we get her sorted. She's got lots of appointments coming up and assessments, so we'll, we'll find out what's going on. Yeah. And uh, hopefully get her to have some sleep, which would be nice, because I can have some then too. <laughs> no, I can't find what I've been watching on um, ITVX. That's annoying. Oh, OK. Uh, Kirby, well, I'll, I'll get you on while I, I research what I've thought. <laughs> Looking for more bits you've watched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, the Geek Daughter and I were unable to get together our standard Friday night. Uh, oh. How we, we were planning on watching uh, the second uh, Black Panther movie. But we'll try it this coming Friday instead, uh, which I think she's seen and I have not. Uh, in the meantime, I actually started to watch something. I just uh, haven't been able to finish it yet, although I've seen it before. Uh, I'm wanting to catch up with the latest uh, Spider-Man movies. So I uh, started watching last night Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. And... Um, watch a little bit of it before we started recording mm-hmm. today and I will finish it when we are done. Have, now, you, wa- Debbie, have you watched the, aren't the animated ones yet, Kobe? Oh, the the first of the animated ones. I don't know if the second one is... Available no, I haven't seen the second one. The first one's excellent. first one is fantastic. Mm. Just love it. Uh, Debbie. Yes? Speaking of paranormal, uh, you, you know I am a complete and total skeptic. Yeah. But uh, the... I watch several uh, debunking channels on YouTube, and one of them is absolutely fascinating that you may want to look into. Uh, okay. It's it, he's uh, British. He's it's called the World of Mister Gray. Oh it's, yes, yeah. Oh, you've seen seen some of his stuff. He, he does debunking ghosts and the paranormal with logic. Uh, is a standard feature on his uh, channel, and they're they're just great and. You know, I think I've gone across the world of Mister is is has rung a bell, but I'm looking on YouTube right now, and all I'm getting is bloody Christian Grey stuff. <laughs> no, wor- wor- world of and then Mister Grey is put together, and it's got an E. Yep. I shall find it. 
and uh, he, he's really he, and you know I may have started as well I'd like to believe, but I mean he back in his early days he was going to some of those the greatest of the uh, the either the top ten channels of paranormal stuff or some some of the the guy who like had this little poltergeist wandering around uh, that jumped out of his window. You see this little black thing. It looks very, very convincing. And he's gone out there and figure out how they did it all. Nice. I like that. Yeah. uh, I'm all for debunking. Basically I'm open to if there could be some proof, but so far, nope. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen weird stuff. I've lived in a haunted house. I have a few tales that I will tell another time that uh, cannot be explained, cannot be debunked, things I have seen with my own eyes, but I am also healthily sceptical about it as well. Okay, I'll put my temper this in, shall I? Um, Yeah. I'm I'm sort of not spiritual at all. I love to believe that there's a spiritual element to the world or that... that, um, reincarnations happen i think there's evidence that fairly good evidence is which which i think it easily can be you know wiped out but of reincarnation people being regressed and and people i like um, the idea that some, that your um big birthmarks are where you were killed in a past life because <laughs> i have a, a nice huge thought, birthmark on my side yeah on my ribs and yeah. it's like what is this and then someone said or oh, suggested to me oh that's where you were killed in a past yeah. life yeah <laughs> but i i like the romantic idea of that and i'd love to believe that was the case and i wouldn't be say it's not the case at all um because mm. i think it, you know yeah you know to try and imagine where a consciousness goes and it, it doesn't make sense in some in, in a, 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 to have a, a such a consciousness but then when you see a person like my mum sort of fading away with dementia and you're thinking well She's her personality's sort of there, but she's not herself. You know, it's like a shell of her original thing where she hasn't got her memories and she hasn't got any sense, or she's regressing into being a child, or whatever happens. You think, well, what? You know, how? What's happened to her consciousness? Because she has not having a memory. It's not having a consciousness, is it? You know, it's just. So I'm I'm not that sort of thing. I'd love to think it actually does happen because I love the film, for instance, uh, um, the Audrey Rose film, which is quite scary. But you know that sort of shows that you know somebody being regressed into a previous life where they died in a fire and stuff like that. Um, but as far as ghosts and stuff goes, um, I the the ghost experience that I know happened because it was clear as day when i saw it was when i I was walking from i think it was from this house up around to deb's house uh i'm walking up past the garages up to near where um uh uh, what's that shop on the corner called rashley's and this dog runs past me really close to my legs at full pelt so orange dog was going for it and he runs up to the corner straight across the road just as a car is speeding along and i thought i shut my eyes again oh that dog's gone and nothing happened. I thought, and I, went, I sort of got to the top, and I went, well, he's got to be here somewhere because he was running so fast, and there's no sign of him. Uh, and I got into me in-laws house, and I sort of said, well, it's really weird. This dog's just run up, run past, and run across the road. And, um, and they're not into any ghosts or anything. But they said, well, that's a, just a strange coincidence because a, an orange dog went up that post and got hit by, hit by a car and died. And I thought, well, that's I, I didn't I had no idea of that story, but. It happened, I saw it, 
it was like it was really alive, but it didn't make a sound as it went past me. It just ran past me, and um, that um, that made me think, well, there is something unexplained because everything we see or don't see, sorry, doesn't mean to say it doesn't exist. You know, there's things out there that we're unaware of. It's like obviously with Hawkins and his dark matter, we can't see it, but clearly it's out there because he's he's accounted for it. So yeah, I mean it's. I like Kirby. I, I like f- to be able to see things. I want to to um, see things that people talk about that exist and may exist in other parts of the universe. And you know, I want to see that. I want to see what the Hubble telescopes, uh, you know, capturing. And I know there's a there's a program on on Netflix now, isn't there, about uh, things that it's captured. I haven't watched that one yet, but. Uh, yeah, um, so I, I spiritually know, uh, love it to be true, but ghost-wise, I, I'm, I'm fairly sure there is ghosts. I don't know how, how or why they, they're there. Maybe it's a, a time thing, you know, that maybe one of these... I always thought that dark matter was time itself, and maybe that just picks up sort of see things that happen from the past and just throws them into the present or makes us be able to see them i don't know but um i think yes uh people do see ghosts for certain for, for real they're not making it up um and them it's are. quite fascinating hello some of them are lamar what's lamar got to do with it <laughs> some of them are making it up oh. for the for the uh views oh yeah i get some of them are and there's some of them trying to film it i don't think you know maybe some of the things they've shown with poltergeist wise can be true but you can never say that something's been filmed oh there it is that's definitely happened because it's been filmed because it can be faked but when you've seen it with your own eyes uh that's a different thing altogether um i know people tell stories and i know most of ghost stories are fake they're just stories but there are some that are, are genuine people have seen them and it's quite fascinating i don't feel scared by the the concept of seeing a ghost well i think most of the time people see ghosts they don't realize they're seeing a ghost until afterwards because they think well that it's like when you have a dream you you have something that's happened in your dream and while you're having it in the dream you think it's real and then you wake up and think oh hang on that can't be real um but uh yes i i, I maybe people have filmed you know experiences with with hauntings that were actually real but like i say it can't be proven by a bit of video because people can do anything with with video now to make it look like something's happened uh, you see it on youtube all the time all sorts of weird things coming on there that oh my god what have they done oh no it's just been a special effect someone's put on it you know um it's like why people are now thinking that the moon landings are fake because it's been filmed and that's easily um, explained and where all the all the sort of tv footage of of the moon landings is so grainy that's easy it was probably easy to recreate even in the late 1960s but kirby uh, believe me i'm not saying the moon landings didn't happen um um, i I actually caught um on um a live on tiktok the other day of a flat earther um very scientifically explaining why the earth is flat um and me being sort of uh, of a high degree of uh, pedantic and um, of finding it very hard to not to keep my gob shut, did a very good job. I kept my gob shut and just skipped on and watched something else. But because I, I was just getting so sort of, yeah, I'm fascinated how you can actually scientifically explain why the world is flat, but why you're not explaining why 
when I was a teenager and I, on a very clear day had a pair of binoculars looking up the River Severn and seeing just the tops of the the, uh, the towers that supported the bridge, not the whole bridge itself over the horizon. So how, why, if the earth was, was flat, surely I'd see the whole bridge with me binoculars, exactly. you know, <laughs> sort of things now, like that. I, I also uh, watch YouTube channels uh, debunking flat earthers. There's one that's, that is great called uh, Simon Dan. Mm-hmm. He goes after flat earthers and other cuckoo for cocoa pups. You know, I was even now, I... If, if if I may change uh, things back to uh, to Doctor Who. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, I I was just while you guys were talking, I was scrolling through uh, my YouTube uh, subscriptions and ran across. Uh, I subscribed to the Jerry Anderson YouTube channel. I'm sure you've heard of Jerry Anderson, even though he's dead. Don't be facetious, Kirby, because that's my job. (laughs) Anyway, they just put out uh, 91 minutes ago a a YouTube video called Nicola Bryant versus Stingray. Uh, It says this week's special guest is Nicola Bryant, who virtually needs no introduction aside from her iconic role in Doctor Who. She's made numerous film, TV, and stage appearances, and she's got a love of all things Anderson. Oh, the long right. pause, I right. suppose that was for me to interject. Sounds good. Yeah. Hmm. So so I plan to watch that. Um, stuff I'll watch this week continues with me. With, um, the, the Victorian Murder Files uh, on um, Discovery Plus, uh, Real Time Crime, and there's also um, a new series called uh, The uh, Evil Lives Here, The Killer Speaks, where they interview horrible evil murderers in prison. I haven't watched that one yet because I don't like them. I don't like evil Militaries and stuff. Um, yeah, that's that We're going to let covered. Kirby say what he's been watching. Have you said what you've been I watching? Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah, that's how we got onto flat earthers and whatnot. Fair enough. But yeah, that's all right. Well, we got onto flat earthers because of uh, Debbie mentioning um, ghosts. Ghosts. I've always been fascinated by them. I wanted to study parapsychology. Oh, yeah, I find. Well. I, I'm fascinated when I see them myself. <laughs> of that poor little doggy. Anyway, um, and of course you do, we do experience sort of weird stuff in the house anyway. Um, and it's usually animals that I sort of have. We don't see them, but we do feel the presence. And that sounds really weird. But you feel the presence. I have cats of, rubbing around my ankles when yeah, all my no, cats it, are accounted for elsewhere. It's weird. It's things like um, when magic was here. Obviously, Tigger was our first dog, and Tigger would jump up and sit in our bamboo chair, which is going to be going soon, sadly. And um, so uh, when Magic sat in that chair, he'd be quite comfortable and suddenly just jump up and jump off and look back up at the chair because somebody else probably had, uh, you know, sat in it. And um, and that happens the same now because now Odie has two dogs that used to use that chair as her own. He doesn't sit in that chair very much, but you do feel there's like a, a coolness going past your legs, which isn't a draft in the middle of the summer. You know, it's, um, yeah, you just feel their presence. And odd things happen in the house that where things disappear and then reappear when they obviously weren't there when we were looking for them. And, they're, you know, they're in an obvious, blatantly obvious place. Come on, give it back. And then it comes back. It's, it's all sorts of stuff. We don't see anything, but we, we know that this is an old house. It was built in 1860 and people died in it. Animals died in oh, it. Oh, I was and, wondering. Mm, I've, I've seen seen your, your house from... As is older here. than yours. I don't as give a tinker's 
So next week, um, my, my house was built in like eighteen hundred or something. Yeah. It wouldn't be next week, will it? I think I'm sure I've got something on next week. I'm just checking. So, um, so next week's Doctor Who episode, next time's Doctor episode is Flat Earthers. No, oh, sorry, Flatline. <laughs> Flatline. Sorry. By, um, by the same author, but uh, it he actually wrote this one Flatline first. Uh, we can discuss, due I can to his doing such a good job with Flatline that he was invited to do Mummy on the Orient Express. Talk about Flat Earthers, Kirby. Why have they, none of these Flat Earthers had the courage to go up in space? And I was thinking about myself, and I'm thinking, right, the reason why is because they, when they look out the window and see the, the Earth in space, they probably think it's some sort of HD projection, even though if they move their head they can see something in 3D. I think they'll they'll explain it away with a with HD I, I want I want to hear their explanation for the thing I'm going to be doing uh, in a couple of months. I'm going to, I'm going to miss a, a recording day because I will be in Arkansas watching a solar eclipse. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the other thing I was going to ask. Kansas. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to them to explain. No, Arkansas. Eclipses. I used to I live in Arkansas. Arkansas. I know it's Arkansas, but, yeah. but for years as a Brit, it's like, well, there's Kansas and Arkans- Arkansas. Where's Arkansas? Arkansas, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there, there are states that pronounce it Arkansas. Oh, okay, so okay. I'm not completely stupid then. The, they, there, there's a river called the Arkansas River, which, uh, when it's not in Arkansas, is called the Arkansas River. <laughs> what? Right. That's Americans for you. Um, <laughs> I thought we were contrary. <laughs> Uh, the Africa Cup of, Cup of Nations finals on at the moment. I think somebody might have scored. Oh yeah, they have someone scored. That, Who scored? That, that's going to be an interesting trip because it's. Um, I'm going to be. That's where I went to high school and was my teenage formative years. So we're going to be doing a lot of. That I'm so, I, I know I'm, that's something I'm never going to see. I'd always want to see a full solar eclipse. Saw a partial one a few years ago, but well, I know you I'm still never have time to... to get over here. I'm never going to be able to do that, Kirby. Come on, stop being stupid. I haven't got money or anything. One day um, I will. But I would love to see one, like the um, Aurora Borealis, which I've got more chance of seeing because it, it, I think it, it will have. Well, they're turning come... up down here nowadays. Yeah, exactly. They... But remember, Tim Drury, get... we... Drury attempted to uh, see the last eclipse, which did I he? saw. Yes, he did. Well, yes. if we if we had one, it would be a cloudy sky anyway. So we get it's to always see a cloudy sky whenever we have an eclipse. <laughs> and, and, and I, if if I don't see this one because it's raining or cloudy, that's fine. Uh, I've seen one; it was fantastic. But I see another one that's just icing on the cake. I got to watch one years ago, just sat up at the park because it was so grey that you could just look up and watch it. And, and we're, it we're also clouds. It was we're also going to go digging for diamonds in a uh, at the a place that has uh, a an diamond exposed mine? diamond diamond uh, vent. Cool. And mm. they, they someone discovered a couple of weeks ago a, a three or four carat diamond. Whoa! You might be in luck. Yeah. I, I doubt it. I, I went there when I was I was a teenager and got nothing. <laughs> anyway talking about talking about the end of the show um really? next week i'm uh filming uh michelle's show at uh at mm-hmm. um, medina theater so i won't be doing podcasting i'm sorry oh to say. so sorry. so the 18th is 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 yeah, we're, off, we're off it's next off. week yes i know Okay, because well, that's I, it I, for that. I'm afraid. Sorry, but yeah, we'll be flat earthers. I mean, flat, flat line. Uh, on on the 25th instead. 
Yeah, if yeah. if if thing nothing comes in between me and that me and that date. Uh, at well, that you time. need to let me know in in advance, so I will. Well, well, let's just yeah, take I it try my best to let you know in advance, Kirby. Let's take it as red for now that that's what we're doing. No, I am taking the it. Flat for line will be on the twenty fifth. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Stuff coming through on the live feed. Um, after Lily and Robin said, see you next week, Neil James, sadly. Why are you hot at, Sorry, I'm at work. And then, hi, oh, everyone. Neil. I miss Lillian. And then, not had time to do feedback, but it's all right. I like Frank Skinner. Three out of five. Nice. Right. So, I, I've got lots to do now because I've got to Well, hopefully have Mary next out. time we're on. Hopefully, yes. Um, yes. And the African Cup of Nations. And anybody, watch is in the anybody watching the superb owl this, this weekend, you know? What's the matter with you? I absolutely despise the whole thing, but uh, someone. Oh, Lillian said she was watching. Lillian's watching it, and yeah, she's, she's having a party. A superb owl party. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm having a superb trying to shut the showdown party, but that doesn't oh, seem to sorry. be working too well. Right? I would say goodbye. Bye. Anyway, for for those who did partake in uh, feedback, um, thank you very much. For those that didn't, get your finger out until next week. <laughs> goodbye. Yeah. The 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast is an APV Services production sponsored by whoone.co.uk and lavazi.co.uk. We are proud members of the Doctor Who podcast alliance. Doctor Who is a trademark of the BBC. No copyright infringement intended. The music on this podcast is covered by limited online music license from PRS for Music.